This is the Dice Tower Network at Dicetowernetwork.com. This is Marty. I'm just trying to save time like you did with, a, you know, saying about above board games, man. You know, if I'm not here, you you can save time. I feel so bad about that. <laughs> you don't need to. It was perfect. You're exactly right, man. Because you had to sit there with above board games from Scarab and, you know, talk about games. And if there had been another person in that room, it would have been a lot more, you know, taking a lot longer. So, oh, and not, hey, this is Tony, and we're rolling dice, taking names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This is episode 32. Still haven't found what I'm looking for, and it looks like it may be a new co-host pretty soon. Uh, you could be, man. I'll tell you what, slamming me like that. So, for those of you who haven't listened to, uh, what is it? Well, who was it? Above Board Games, Marty? Did I get that? On Board Games. On Board Games. That's right. That's a that's a game store here. I'm sorry. On board games. I, I wasn't in the room. Like I'm going to know their show. <laughs> on, yes. Okay. So here's the deal. A couple weeks ago at Scarab, I was invited to be on the show in the guest chair of an On Board Games, um, which is a, another show on the um, network. And they just released episode 125. And in that, we just kind of sat down at Scarab and talked about different things that were going on in the show and whatnot. And there were a lot of technical issues to get that show going. We were all going to have our own microphone and uh, record that way. And they, they couldn't get it to work. They didn't have USB ports on the, the machines, uh, laptops or whatever. And so we ended up just going on the mic. So it just took a little while to get it set up. So when it was, I was asked about what about your co-host, I said, well, he was out of town and whatnot. And then I was going to try to make a funny. I was going to try to make a joke. And what came out was just really not nice when I said he would no, just was slow us down. <laughs> it was hilarious. You did make it funny. I thought it, it was pretty it, good. It was not. And I felt bad the entire rest of the day. In fact, I meant to, when I saw you last week during lunch, apologize to you face to face for when you heard it, because I knew you were not going to appreciate it. Actually, when I heard it, I started laughing. I said, that is, that is perfect. That is funny. That was funny. Because it, it did. It was just the way the way you said it. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, yeah, I understand. You know, no, too. It, it, was, it was so. It, so I spent the entire rest of the time going, how can I approach Tony again and, and make this sound better? Because I knew it was just really bad. And so, of course, you know, you know they took it as meaning because another person in the room would have been another mic to set up. It would just right. take a long time to get going and... Yeah, so I, I do apologize on air for that. Oh, no, that was fine. That was just funny. And uh, when I heard it and I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. We got this going. And, and the guy, you know, um, was it Don, one of them said, you know, don't, squelching people from or stealing people from other shows. Yeah, Donald. Yeah, yeah. Donald. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But that was funny. So did you have a good time talking to them? I mean, I listened to their show. They do a lot of reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been on what? How much? They've been on way longer than. Oh, uh, way longer. Many, many years. I mean, they're up to, like I said, this is episode 125 for them. It's a couple of real nice guys. Uh, Donald Dennis, uh, who was from Oklahoma. And. Uh, uh, his uh, one of his co-hosts, Jason, was there. Uh, another real nice guy, and so I appreciate them having me on. And in fact, I've reciprocated back and said, you know, if you guys want to come on, and Donald Dennis actually came back to me and said, you know, I'd, I'd love to be on your show. So in the future, uh, we'll have him on, and he can slam his co-hosts. Hey, I, that's the way <laughs> she rolls. I like that. So don't worry. So if anybody out there from you know, hey Anthony, if you want, you know, just let me know, man. I'm I'm there for you. I, I'll take my shots. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. Well, we've let's see, Marty. For for this show, um, first off, we've got a. It was so funny at the table. We talked about the snowstorm, and sure enough, we got an inch of snow in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the city shut down. It was yeah, great. Not, <clears throat> not as bad as Atlanta. 
Uh, yeah, I feel I feel bad for um, Mr. Avery and Mr. Lanius down there in Atlanta. I hope they weren't stuck out in that stuff because they're from that area. So ooh. that that was that was brutal. And I know people up north are all the time laughing. How is it you guys can't handle a couple inches of snow? Because we don't have the equipment to handle the snow. Right. I think I saw on the news that the city of Columbia, South Carolina, has eight plows for their entire you know, Mm -hmm. county or something. And uh, it's just unreal. So, yeah, I mean, even here, we only had an inch and the next day, I mean, you know, I live on on the country roads. Well, there's nothing out here throwing down uh, slag or salt or anything like that. And around here, it, it, it gets warm enough to where it melts a little bit. And then at night, it's just a solid sheet of ice. Mm hmm. You know, there's no powder left in the morning. It's just ice. And without any assault on the road, it just it just doesn't melt. Right. And I live closer to the city. Oh, by, what, seven minutes to you and the roads were – state roads were had the slag. That's the most I've ever seen them put down I, <clears throat> all the way out to here. So, anyway. But – so, we've got the at the table this thing about what would happen if you were caught inside with a snowstorm, which did happen down here. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. funny. It I did. thought that was hysterical. And what else we got today? Uh, well, we got a the next um, episode of War College from Alex and Todd that we're going to be presenting when they talk about the uh, next uh, aspect of their uh, discussion on how do you approach uh, a game strategically, and they're going to be talking about uh, uh, reconnaissance. Hence the name of today's show. So, uh, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And also, Marty loves to post little things on Facebook. And uh, I get my inspiration from those. He's like, why are you doing muskrat love last time? And now this one. So Marty, you don't enjoy you too. Is that correct? You are just trying to get me in trouble. I, no, a lot of people. I didn't. I, oh, Sunday, bloody Sunday. What kind of crap is that? I remember hearing that, you know, in, in high school. And I was like, oh, what kind of, what is this? You know? Well, yeah, I know what the song is about. And, and, and so, okay, so here's the deal. So um, <laughs> I'm a music lover. You know, I, I've played in bands for years. And it just seems like everybody just goes gaga over you too. There's nothing wrong with that. They're, they're an extremely popular band. I'm in very much in the minority, but I just never got into them. I mean, some people just like uh, Bono is everything to them. And I'm just like, eh. You know, there is, it's, a, it's a rock group that makes some decent songs. It's just to me, they kind of all sound the same. And there goes even more listeners we're losing. So I'll shut up now. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I posted that, you know, just, and the reason why is because they just released a new song. I don't know right. if you know that. Yes, um, I did. So I anyway, saw that. So, so that was out. Plus, I thought I'd have a little fun because I knew I had some big U2 fans on Facebook. And boy, did they come out. I'm sure they did. But, but there were a lot of my friends too that came out and said, you know, I totally agree. I'd never thought they were that big a deal either. And if you remember, uh, their biggest album of all time was Joshua Tree. Remember that came out when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Do you not, do you not remember every time we turned on MTV or the radio station, their songs were on there constantly? I got so tired of them. Yeah. I mean, I remember that. And well, I mean, they were backed up by Samantha Fox, Touch Me. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, like where the streets have no name. I was like, I got so sick of hearing that song. I, I, and uh, yeah, I know. I understand. And I was just picking at you for that because. It, no. It, so that, when I asked Tony today, I said, what was the name of this episode? And he sends that back. And I said, you read my Facebook post, didn't you? And he laughed. And he went, yeah, I did. So I said, all right, fine. Run with it. Oh, and I'm going to. And so we're going to keep that going. And it keeps along with our theme. You know, song titles. It works perfectly. So, you know, once again. It does. But I will I will not play a clip from that song in this episode. What? I'm not going to play a clip from that song in this episode. Oh, man. Okay, fine. Fine. Be that If you want to sing it, you go right ahead. No, that's all right. No. Um, and it also fits with something we're going to talk about that we're going to ask our guild members to post out uh, later uh, after this episode gets released. We're going to, there's going to be a, a posting that I'm, I need y'all's help on. And we'll talk about that also in the after we get through this part right here. Uh, two other quick things, Marty. I noticed that um, Draco Magi got funded very quickly and it's already busting some of its stretch goals. Yep, it is. If uh, we had uh, those guys on our uh, last episode, uh, Richard Lonius and uh, Robert Burke, who were designers of the game, and what it took like two days, I knew it would fund pretty quickly. It was never a question of whether it would fund or not. So if you have had doubts about uh, backing this game, just let you know it is fully funded. So if you 
throw 15 bucks their way, you will get a product. No, no, no problem. And I have backed some of Robert's stuff before. He usually ships uh, pretty much when he thinks he's going to ship. He uh, ships. He uh, keeps you updated with the progress of the game. So um, it, it's 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 a very safe bid. Oh yeah, he's he's done a good job. As a matter of fact, I think he's he may already be getting offensive um, band name generator out soon. I, it, it may already be out there, but anyway, and of course. Go ahead and plug it. Otters also got funded. Congratulations, Michael. Way to go, buddy. Um, anyway, that's it for the Kickstarter news on my side. I'm not going uh, Oh, did you ever do Tiny um, uh, Tiny Epic? Oh, yes. Can, you did that one? Oh, yeah. And have you seen how it's, it is, oh, my gosh. It's exploded. It's probably, it's a probably at 200000 right now. Yeah, I may have to throw $16 at that. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff in that game. I'm, I'm so I'm really excited about that. So you know, congrats to Gameland Games. Um, I think their, what was their goal? It was low to fifteen, twenty thousand, something like that. So they blew way by it. Yeah, it ends up here shortly. And the Dice Tower got funded. We, of course, it got funded. But from the standpoint of you know, it closed out and all that other good stuff. But. A lot of stuff keeps coming out on Kickstarter. You can go to the BGG um, forums. A lot of people post some of the newest stuff out there. And to be honest with you, Marty, unless I'm back in something, that's pretty much all. Hey, I'm, I'm, that's all I'm going to say unless people want to send us demos. You know, <laughs> yeah, you are more than welcome to any game companies out there that uh, would like to send some demos of up, upcoming products. We'll try them out. I mean, it, it's funny. At first we said, ah, we don't need to do that, but we've, we were able to do uh, Draco Magi. You got um, Otters, right? Was it was a demo, uh, Tiny Epic Kingdoms, and we found some real gems by playing some demos like that. So I'm willing to try. Yeah, no, we're we're messing around from that standpoint. All right, so um, let's let's go ahead and cut over to our first topic that I wanted to talk about. Okay, are you ready for this? He loves this. I send him show notes and I just pick from a random hat here and just say, okay. I ha- yeah, I have no idea where we're going with this. So, all right. Go ahead, hit, hit me. All right. You want to do a cut over with my, uh, music, like, you know, from U2, or you want to just go straight into it? Oh, it's going to be that that kind of segment? Well, no. by, all, by all means, let's give this thing a bumper, okay? All right. All right. So, here's the deal, guys. Every month I get an allowance. Yes, you heard me correctly. I get an allowance. <laughs> Go ahead. Get it out of your system. No, no, no. What's so funny is it reminds me when you first got married, and I'll never forget you telling me that your wife gave you a lunch and drink allowance every day. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, here's two quarters. Go buy yourself a drink while you're at work. You about done? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me compose. <sighs> compose. Okay, I'm done. Okay, good. All right. So anyway, every month I get an allowance. And this actually, it wasn't monthly. It was for comic books. When suddenly I'm bringing home 10 $15 a week in comic books. And she's going, she's like, what are you doing with those things? And I'll admit I've, I don't have them anymore other than my amazing Spider-Man collection. But so, she, you know, and, and that's understandable because people, you, you know, you hear about that where you, where you don't know just how much you're spending unless you, you control it. Right. Right. So anyway, so that's, that, that continues. And it's really a joke between her and I right now. Um, well, at least for me, it's a joke. Um, so moving right along. So anyway, guys, what I need your help on is in March, I'm going to take my $40, my allowance and buy a game. I want you guys to tell me what game to buy. Now I'm serious. It's $40. Now I'll take care of it. Don't worry about the shipping. I got a little extra to spend on shipping. I, I, I'll carry over from my previous month's allowance. So I'm kind of curious, what would you guys want us to buy and play and talk about on the show. Why am I doing this? Because I'll be honest with you, uh, there's so much, so much good stuff out there, Marty. $40 isn't going to buy me Caverna, right? Correct. And, you know, just something that, you know, I know y'all don't know what I have, but I don't have that many. If you go to the BB, BGG um, and you look up uh, D-A-M-C-R-E-E on, for my username out there, you can see what I have. I, it's all been updated. But I'm just kind of curious. What would you, if you have $40 in your pocket and you could spend it on a game, and, and based on what you've heard us say on the show, what would you buy? 
and I'm just kind of curious, you know. What is it? Are we looking for any particular genre? No. Exp- expand my horizons. And the first person that says resistance in Avalon, I will delete your post out of the forum. <laughs> I, I will tell you right now, I will not buy resistance or Avalon. That I will not do that. So you don't want a social deduction game? Mm, well, you have coup, so I don't. I do like that game, um, and I need to respond back to Chris Norwood on that on our forums. But I, and, you know, that's uh, just that's not our that's not my thing you know okay okay all right so so for 40 bucks i assume this is like 40 bucks online so msrp could end up being around 60 bucks something like that exactly and you know just just let me know and then what i'd like to do is by the time this gets posted by the end of um by mid-february a little bit well by the end of february i will then go out and get it from um you know cool stuff inc and say you know Okay, and then you and I will get to play it, and we'll talk about it in our March show, okay? Okay, I, I like it. Sounds good. I mean, for you, it's a new game to play, and and, yeah. and then, you know, I'll discuss it on the forums and everything. I just think it's kind of interesting. See, I, you know, we, we hear about games, we, we read the news, we troll the, the web pages and all, but there may be some gems out there, some older games, even older games that you guys may like that I've just never thought about. Mm-hmm. And a matter of fact, there was one game, and oh, I'd have to go back and look at our forums. But somebody mentioned when we were talking about Francis Drake about the one way street, and he said there's this other game that you may be interested in. And of course, it's out of print. But I'm like, see, things like that, that's kind of neat. Yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic idea. I mean, shoot, I'll, I'll play any game as long as somebody else is paying for it. Right. Now, and this leads me to my so go out there, go to the BGG forums, and, you know, put your input in and, and let me know. I'm really curious. But, you could also say, you know, maybe you should, because you just heard us say that we bought these Star Wars X-Wing miniature games. Maybe we should expand our collection there and, and really dive deep into that. I, I, well, uh, you know, I don't know. Mar- Marty's already, we talked about this. And, you know, I went out, Marty, and looked, and Star Wars X-Wing, you know what the, the second thing they said you need to buy? No, I don't. They were saying, well, of course, you need two cores. I'm like, okay. I think I, I can I can I can sort of cover that. I'll say that's kind of cool. And then they said Wave Two Big Ships, which I think is Slave One and the Millennium Falcon. Oh, and don't those run twenty twenty five bucks? Yeah, something like that. Um, so, but I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be in tournaments or anything like that because you know. So I was thinking, what is it that would help? You know, when you just want to break out a two player game of that, what would you add to it? And I was, right. And they were talking more or less that it's for the cards or it's something like that. And then they talked about the other, you know, small ships and that, that's kind of neat. So I may go out and purchase a few of those just on my own dime yeah. work card on it, fill out a few surveys online or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that, that's a great idea. It's again, the issue with me with, with miniatures is, is transportability. Yeah, I, I can see that. But are, so, but what's your plan? I mean, are the boys enjoying playing X-Wing? They enjoyed the one game they played. Yeah, the one game <laughs> <laughs> they had. They haven't played a lot. Okay. Well, we need to pull our sets together and try it again. Even though we played it, you know, one time to compare it to a uh, Star Trek. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely for sure. So. Especially, I mean, there. I, I've got one I haven't opened yet. I, definitely. I mean, we okay. Put that on the list. And what we can do is for the two-player episode that we were supposed to be doing now. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, guys, we because yeah, somebody last somebody last episode said, and our next episode is a two player episode. Why would you do that? Yeah, why would I do that? So what happened was, well, we didn't have time to get together to uh, do a two player episode. And why did we not have time to get it? Because it snowed. Actually, that's true. Uh, we were we were going to get together, and that just kind of messed up our plans. And we did try a partial of one game, but there's a couple other games that we want to try. In fact, the one reason why I'm doesn't, I doesn't, that's great. I don't want to jump into X-Wing so quick is there's this other two player game I got that I want to see how it plays, which is kind of the same sort of war type game or strategy game. Right. So, so that, that's still coming guys. We haven't forgotten about what we said. It's just, well, we we're okay. We're slack. We, we, yeah, we are. We didn't make time for it. And that's fine. No, uh, we'll, we'll get there. We, we promise you, we will get there because there's some things out there that we we're very interested in from that standpoint. Yep. So, um, 
Now I forgot my lost my train of thought. All right, so yeah, so you're going to post a thread out there. People can tell you what game. Mm-hmm. Suggest make suggestions for what game you're going to get. No, that, I think that'd be good. I'm really interested to see what what people if they have forty bucks to for you to burn. What will they suggest? Oh, please don't let it be something bad, just to be funny. Okay. Well, you know, okay, so you should I caveat and say, you know, on the BGG, it needs to have some rating of comment, you know, the stars above six or something. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, you, you've got the last word and whether you buy it or not. Right. So. And, and I'll look and see. Whether, let's not make it. I don't want to make it too complicated. Just post out there and I'll go check them all out. That's some, maybe something or maybe there's a new game that's coming out that everybody's thinking, you know, maybe you should go get that. Um, and we'd love, really like to hear about it or, or add it to, you know, whatever. So it's just, it's just something different. Nope. I love it. I'm all about it. different. So in our next uh, segment, we're going to be going, like we mentioned at the uh, beginning, we're going to be doing our next segment of War Co- College with Alex and Todd. And if you didn't get to hear the introduction of that, if you want to, you can go check out episode 27. That was their first segment they did where they kind of did an overview of what they're going to be going into over the next series of uh, episodes, and this is their first one on recon. Uh, we've asked them to see if they can maybe submit something um, every other month or so, and uh, it's uh, basically just an in-depth look of how do you approach a strategy game. So let's throw it to Alex and Todd with the War College. Hello, this is uh, Alex and Todd with uh, another with another uh, segment of War College. We originally started this, I guess our last segment was on just sort of a general framework that, that I kind of come up with um, from a previous episode that we recorded with uh, when we did the uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, we each kind of re- brought our different strategies to the table. Right, like Alex's strategy of being prepared and Tony's strategy of just showing up. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, and so that kind of spurred this idea of maybe discussing the uh, you know, strategies in more detail, what some of the ways we go about doing it. Uh, so for this episode, we were going to look at one of the principles that I had outlined in, in that framework, which is the, the concept of reconnaissance. Right. And Todd, what, what comes to mind when you hear the term reconnaissance? Um, I think of spies or even just scouts going out and finding out where the enemy forces are, what kind of terrain is going to be in front of you, you know, whether it's World War One and you've got like, you know, the biplanes going out for the first time and seeing things or using hot air balloons or, you know, modern satellites and aircraft, you know, or, you know, the guys in camo going out and finding out where the troop locations are. I mean, that's kind of what comes to mind. For yeah. Me. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, similar, similar ideas myself. And then, so I try to figure out, you know, how would I apply that in the, in terms of game strategy? And I, you know, I kind of see it as sort of, there's, there's two, two ways to, to look at reconnaissance from strategy gaming. One is the, the meta game part, which is, you know, what can I find out before the game, before I even get to the table? You know, what is there about the right. rules? Like reading the, the rules, rules, the strategy, yeah. um, you know, who I'm playing against, these kind of things. You know, so all those things that happen before you ever sit down at the table, what can you find out? And then the second part would be the, the in-game reconnaissance. What can you do within mm. the game to to get a better idea of what your opponent might be doing? Right. No, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, I did – I wikied reconnaissance just to see what sort of their definition, the military definition of reconnaissance. And it had a, sure. you know, the military term for – this is the military term for exploring uh, beyond the area occupied by friendly forces to gain vital information about enemy forces or features of the environment for later analysis. So, you know, to your point, it's the it's the troops going out, the you know, it's the rangers and commandos going out and, you know, finding out what the other guys got. <laughs> right, right. And I guess, you know, from a game playing perspective, that's kind of getting outside your comfort zone. You know, if you're playing a new game or you're playing an old game and you're just you're trying to figure out, I mean, I guess in this case the enemy forces would be the stuff that you don't know. Yeah, right. there's uh, well, maybe that that's a good place to go with this is sort of what game mechanics um, drive uh, the need for reconnaissance because I, I started thinking about this like when do you need to f- what creates a need to find out at the table what your opponent's doing like right. something like chess I mean there's not really reconnaissance uh, the entire the entire your opponent's entire troop forces are known from the start of the game right there is no hidden right. information uh, yeah although I mean I I think that just to be uh, 
just be argumentative. I think that, you know, knowing a number of opening moves, like if you play a lot of chess and you do a lot of reading, having read a lot of the basic strategies and understanding the opening moves is a form of reconnaissance because you may see someone making some moves and be like, aha, this is one of th- he's making one of three possible or is likely making one of three possible openings here. As opposed to people just looking at the board being like, oh, he just does yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely definitely agree with that. That, uh, that view, yeah, certainly that that is a good example of the difference between the pre. I guess I'm not sure if that's considered a meta game or what. That, but that's certainly an example of the mm. analysis that you can, the reconnaissance you can do outside the game that right. you then bring to the, the table versus, you know, having right. That's a step yeah. up from the rules. That's like some reconnaissance of you yeah, know, basic because there's a question that yeah, knowing that informs you about them what your opponent may do next. So yeah, the, the other types of things I was I had thought of from a mechanic standpoint, there there seems to be a very common recurring mechanic in most at least most modern strategy games, Euro games, which is the the hidden the hidden um, mechanic is usually card based. That is, your opponent has a hand of cards that you don't know what he's got. That's what that is the hidden mechanic is these the hidden card mechanic. Or alternatively, uh, I noticed this is a common theme in co-op games since you're playing against. You're playing against the game itself. Usually, there is a deck. You know, there's a deck of right. cards that's driving what's going to occur, what's going to happen. Yeah, like pandemic or yeah, like and so knowing what's in that deck has a lot of value in terms of uh, being able to make, to develop your strategy at the table. Uh, right, I, I right. Did, you know, in, in the games that you looked at, did, did you come across that? As well, yeah. I mean, the the game I primarily looked at mostly because we've been playing it a lot recently. You know, you got me turned on to Study in Emerald, which is the Martin Wallace game based on the short story by Neil Gaiman. Essentially, it's a you know Victorian times, Sherlock Holmes, Professor Moriarty, but the Lovecraftian monsters Cthulhu and and the other old ones have come to Earth and are ruling it. And so this is a you know, about, you know, trying to either be a loyalist and support the continued reign of the old ones and uh, causing more human suffering and misery to bring even more old ones into the world or trying to restore human rule uh, by assassinating them. And the gameplay, just because you know, it's relatively new, not a lot of people have played it, so just a brief summary of the gameplay is essentially you've got a map with many of the world's great cities on it. You are either a loyalist or a restorationist, and the roles are secret. You're trying to uh, not only be the person with the highest points, but be on the winning team. And the winning team is the team that does not have the lowest point person on it. Um, and the, the way I describe this is, you know, you want to be prime minister, but you can only be prime minister if your side wins. Um, so you just have to make sure that you're pulling, your whole team's pulling their weight. Um, and yeah, I found that one of the things that you have to do in that game is spend time trying to figure out what roles everybody is. Like that's where the reconnaissance comes in during the game is that just like with the resistance, something people may be more familiar with, you need to be aware of how many roles there are for each side. Um, and then you need to be aware of the kind of things people will do if they are those roles and you're trying to suss out, you know, what, you know, what take people have on, yeah. you know, what roles they're uh, Well, you know, it's actually, you know, it's interesting about studying Emerald as well, um, from a recon, you know, from this concept of reconnaissance. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe, I, I'm not sure if it was Marty or if it was Tony that was poking fun at me when I, I did my study of the, uh, the card distributions in, in Lords of Waterdeep. But, but I think there's a lot, I think that's something you have to, you really have to do in a lot of modern strategy games is study um, the makeup of the cards because a study in Emerald is a perfect example of this. The rules of the game, the rule book only covers about 10% of them, <laughs> right? The, the, the heart of the rules of the game are, are right, on right. the actual yeah. cards that you draft within the game itself. And if you don't know what you know that what is included right. in there, uh, you really don't know the rules of the game. Uh, and I, so I think that's from a pregame standpoint, sitting down and going through those and understanding, okay, well, there, you know, Studying Emerald has a there's a vampire strategy, there's a zombie strategy, right? There's the uh, right. assassinate royalty strategy, there's yeah. the assassinate agent, yeah. And they're all driven yeah, by cards, like yeah, right. What that is, and yeah. you really don't understand the rules of the game. Uh, some people, some people think they'll be, you know, oh, part of the fun is discovery right. may be fun, but it will guarantee that you lose. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and I think you yes. know, like you said, there's a there's a certain fun in discovering strategy. But discovering how the game is played as you go, or discovering that oh, I didn't know there was a zombie strategy. You know that that's not quite the. I mean, that's just unprepared. It's one thing to be like, hey, we're all gonna yeah. figure out what the. There's best no doubt that Martin Wallace together. thought of all those ideas right in developing the game, and so 
that they are a core part of the actual yeah. rule set to the game, even though they're not sitting in the rule book itself. Right. Well, and I think that goes for any de- like mm-hmm. okay. Um, you know, part of, it's a deck building game to a certain extent. Like it's area control. Like if you've played his few acres of snow, which I, you and I have played, um, and I know you've played quite a bit more than I have even. But you know, there's a game board, and the deck yes. building is not the end all be all of the game. It's a mechanic in the game, and so understanding the cards that are available to be built into your deck. And how many of them there are, like, you know, how many thinning cards are there to thin your deck? How many cards are there for drawing? You know, how, you know, what kind of deck strategies am I going to want to consider pursuing? You know, having an understanding of what's available to build that is really important. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, so kind of along that same note, um, you know, one of the games I looked at was City of Horror, which is Mm. is interesting because one is a... It is a co-op game to some extent in that the game, you are playing against the game, right? The game, every turn the game is spawning zombies. And in City of Horrors, every turn the, the game right. spawns yeah. zombies right. and then you have, as a player, have survivors that you're yeah. trying to keep alive and, and score victory points by having them survive the night. Um, at the same time, yeah. Right. And just, real quick, just for people who might, wasn't that originally Mall of Horror or something like that? Yeah. And this is a reprint, Yeah. That's right. Yeah, going way back, it was the Mall of Horror, and this is the re- yeah. At the same time, it is also a competitive game in that there right. is going to only be one player that wins in the end. So actually, in that respect, not not that different from a study in Emerald. Um, but one of the things that I, I uncovered in in doing my analysis of that game and, and applying these reconnaissance pr- principles is that you know a, a, a quick study of the deck of cards mm-hmm. that drives how the zombies and the supplies, which are the resources within the game how they spawn, you can actually un- uncover pretty quickly that there are specific patterns um, that oh, wow. occur and that you can you can plan around. And again, I, I don't think that's I don't think it's an unfair advantage to know what those are because clearly the game right, designer right. you know built those into the game as part of how it works. But for instance, there are there are some spaces that will never ever and in, in any combination there's a randomization of how the how the spawning occurs. But even with the random random um, uh, card dealing you, there are some spots that you can guarantee will never have supplies and some spots that will always have zombies. And also there are some patterns, for instance, by on some turns by placing survivors in adjacent locations uh, will guarantee that at least one of the survivors will, will be in a position to obtain supplies uh, or alternatively will not have to worry about zombies that turn. And on some turns, uh, by placing okay. them diagonal, yeah. you know, locations that are diagonal from each other, you achieve the same um, the same thing, and so knowing which you know which turns that that those patterns pop up on, you know, gives you a clear advantage to knowing or to be able to be in a position one to because ne- that game comes down to a lot to negotiation, uh, and so knowing to be you know being in a location where there one there are supplies and resources or two where there's either no zombies or where you have the majority of survivors if there are zombies gives you a, a clear advantage. Right, much better than blindly guessing. Like, well, maybe the zombies won't be here this time. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Another. Well, so now that's that's a kind of an example of one of these another one of these examples of of out of game things you can do meta game right. things you can do to to uh, do some recon beforehand. Uh, did you have some ex- uh, uh, practical examples within uh, a study at Emerald? Things you can do tactical things you can do to try to draw out your opponent's plans? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, there are two main things, you know, that I thought of, you know, that you're trying to do as the game goes on. Uh, as I said, you know, there are sides. And again, the the person with the lowest score, his or her team is eliminated. So you want to make sure that you, before you end the game, that that person with the lowest score is not the one on your team. So you've got to figure out who which side they're on. And so, you know, I thought, you know, some of the ways you can achieve that are, you know, a resistant style of just dialogue, trying to talk to people and forcing them to explain themselves. Like, well, why did you take that card? Why aren't you doing this? You know, or just observing them and play like, uh, you know, which agents are they taking? Cause some agents have, you know, are, are their only abilities to assassinate uh, the old ones um, as opposed to others are, you know, geared towards assassinating other agents. Um, do they seem to care about, there's these sanity tokens, right? And only the, the loyalists don't care about going insane. Um, you know, so do they seem to be just drawing a bunch of cards that give it sanity that that make them draw sanity tokens because if they are then they're probably a loyalist you know so those are the kind of things or you know 
taking cards that there's limited numbers and seeing who reacts, you know, that's the sort of, you know, when, when there's resources sitting out there and you're like, well, I need to see who is going to consider these valuable too. taking some of them is a good way to start a run and see who cares. So I think that's, you know, one thing. And then, you know, another is then figuring out, you know, the people who are competing with you at the top, like how are they going to win? You know? And I think, you know, you could see this like, uh, like in Settlers of Catan, you know, just being aware of the game dynamics of where the victory points are, you know, knowing that like, ah, that person's three points away from winning or that person has a development card. If you're talking about Catan, you know, that person has a development card in their hand. Yeah. Um, could it be a victory point? Yeah, I think um, I think that probably goes ignored quite often. You know, a lot of people take for granted that there is a tremendous amount of public information in, a, in, in, in most of these games um, that probably right. you know, we we unconsciously pick up on some of it um, when we're at the table but making a conscious effort to to you know take a snapshot of the game state at the end of each turn and recognize you know here's where here's where you know what space what actions are currently used up or what resources are are used up or are, are available um, and just being aware right. of that being aware of where each player is in terms of uh, victory points is something you should be doing you know consciously doing at the table uh, as a form of in-game um, reconnaissance. Yeah, and I think if, if anybody's played any card games, any kind of card counting, you know, thinking about, okay, well, have they already discarded that, you know, this turn? Uh, has that card already gone away? Whether it's a deck builder or, like, spades, you know, even. Yeah, one, um, it's I, it's kind of a, it, it probably applies more to, to war games than, mm-hmm. than a lot of, you know, a lot of modern Euro strategy games, but uh, you know, right. you and I played the uh, Hunt for October game, uh, which is an old yeah. TSR, yeah, it's board awesome. game that came out in the early '90s, uh, obviously based on the Clancy novels. But th- th- it's interesting that the mechanic there, the, the with the good, the good Jack Ryan, yes, not the right. new yeah, Jack exactly. Ryan. Um, the uh, the hidden mechanic there, and of course, it's a you know, game based around submarine warfare. So obviously, they had to have a hidden mechanic built into it. Uh, but most of the, the opponent's uh, fleet forces are, are unknown to you at the start of the game um, by you simply having the counters are basically turned so that you cannot see what you know what what right. type of vessels on the other side of it. And so this brings up a, a common military strategy of what's called speculative fire or um, hit and you know this or maybe a common hit and run tactic where you know you might find you might use a we call it low cost uh, sacrificial uh, uh, units yeah. to attack a, a a force for no other reason than to find out what's what's behind it. Um, like the, I think in that game they right, use right. task force markers. So one one counter could represent two ships or two hundred. And so you know sending in a, a helicopter helicopter to uh, to attack, even though it's guaranteed to fail, is beneficial just to see what's behind the screen, so to speak, uh, in terms of your... And, and there, there probably right, are right. similar types of um, uh, tactics in, in Euro strategy games, but that seems to be a pretty common... Uh, something kind of a more common theme in the, in the war games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, we probably should, don't want to run too long. I think we, we've covered... Um, no, no. I think a pretty good range of topics on the... On, at least on reconnaissance. Uh, did, you, did you have anything else you want to add? Thoughts on... Uh, on how reconnaissance applies to to strategy gaming. No, I think that's good. I mean, I think the only other thing is kind of still out there is, like you said, sometimes the game is the opponent, and trying to recon like not just what your other players are doing, but you know what has changed in the game dynamic towards the end of the game. Like what's available to you that's left for you know trying to achieve your final yeah. win conditions. And so, just adapt. You know, reconnaissance doesn't end when you get to the table. It continues throughout the game, and I think that's the important thing to remember. Conscious is, effort. You know, yeah. It's a constant struggle to be getting more information throughout the game and just being aware of your surroundings. All right. Well, um, well, I guess with that, why don't we, uh, we go ahead and, and sign off uh, for the evening? Yeah, thank you guys for coming to uh, another edition of War College. We look forward to discussing another one of these topics with you shortly. And with that, uh, from Alex and Todd, class dismissed. Well, a big thanks to Alex and Todd for, for providing that for us. Um, that's uh, so recon. I think that was interesting how they looked at two types of recon when you approach. One is before you sit down at the game, what can you do to prepare yourself for the game? And then obviously the one while you're playing the game. Right. Yeah. It's I, 
uh, hey, they took a shot at me, and rightfully so. They, they're absolutely right where it's the attitude of, oh, I'll just come in and play. And, you know, after we did that game with them, um, you know, Lords of Waterdeep, that's really changed. I am reading more about before I go and play games, trying to understand, because I'm now doing some recon, because it does. It brings a little bit to the game. Uh, okay, it brings a lot. Well, it, it does. And as far as like pre-game recon, typically what I do is, is make sure I just understand the rules. I probably still won't go into a lot of analysis of of the game or try to uh, determine the best winning strategy. But I do think it's important to understand the goal of the game, especially if you've never played before, right? If it's a game you've played, then, then maybe at that point you say, okay, how can I approach this game and try to make myself better? To me, I think the big thing was the whole discussion of recon during a game. And the reason why I say that is because I can actually give a really good example of something I did the other night when um, we had some people over and we were playing Puerto Rico. And during one of my turns, I was being accused of AP and I did have it because what I was doing was I was spending a lot of time looking at the plantation tiles that people had on their boards. Now, this is about halfway through the game. And I was trying to decide what crop to do next. Should I do coffee or tobacco? And I was really trying to look around and see what did people have in their fields? What storage places did they have uh, already built to store the tobacco or uh, coffee? And what was left of me be able to buy? So that to me was like a prime example of as the game was going on, you try to monitor what are other people building? Is there something that's that's uh, really popular that I want to avoid because it's, it's not going to do me any good uh, having a lot of that? Is there something scarce I should try to get real quick and try to corner the market? So I think that can be applied to any game as you play is look at what other players are doing and then try to make decisions about how you're going to play based on that. Oh, yeah, completely agree. Did you win? No, I did not. I came You did not third. win. Did not. How many people were playing? Four or five? Five, five. playing. Okay, and I and unfortunately I didn't get to go. I didn't get to go play that night, and so I I knew I wasn't going to win like I have in the past. So, but that's okay. <laughs> Cecil won. Oh my gosh, you did! Oh, Cecil won. I bet there was some talking. I bet there was some serious talking. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of talking going on. Well, good for him and. Um, but yeah, I, I, you, you've got to know what other people, the recon, uh, and, and the same thing with our net runner. How is he stacking his servers You're, during the game? What's the recon? You, we do recon in net runner where I've got to test that server to see what kind of ice you're going to put out there. So I know how to approach that. Am I, do I need to go find Do I have the right icebreakers or on the other side, when you're the corporation, of course, everything's open before you, but where are you on getting your credits, getting your money? That's really, uh, you can apply recon to any game. Uh, good job mm-hmm. to Todd and Alex. I look forward to their next segment. I'm sure they're already thinking about it and getting it ready for us to go. I will say, though, before, before we move on, is you, you brought up a point I was, I was going to mention as far as pregame uh, recon. I think that I've done that a lot in competitive type situations where I'm going to play like in a net runner tournament or uh, when we used to do war machine tournaments my recon there was what is the local meta? What are other people playing and how do I prepare for it? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we hear from some of our other friends, some of say Netrunner because that's the one we played most recently, what kind of decks are they building? And then what do try to find that out? Then what can I do to counter the decks that they're building? Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I completely agree with you and, and read the forums and see what what's actually hot, you know, out there. Like, yep. When when they were doing those tournaments around, and you could go out and look at the statistics of what corporations were being played and what runners were being played, you could say, "Hmm, so that's what everybody's doing. How do I break that meta if if I were to go play that?" And I agree with you, yeah, completely. That, that's good. So anyway, like you said, uh, big thanks to Alex and Todd, and we look forward to their next segment of War College. All right, so. It's our segment that actually this segment has really started to grow on me. I enjoy doing this. Yeah, I, I do too. It's, it's fun to interact with some of the um, other listeners and, and get their feedback. It's almost like a question of the month type deal for us. Yeah, and I, I really like doing this. I, I know I confuse the heck out of people probably with this one, 
but it was more or less just if you're cooped up with people or family or whatever during a snowstorm, because it was cold when we did this last time, what would you play? We got some responses, not as many as we have in the past, but that's quite all right. Appreciate those who did respond to us. Maybe most of you people said, you know, I'd, I'd go um, Jack Nicholson on them and, and go shiny on people if I got cooped up that long. Red um, rum, red rum. There you go. So, so basically, <clears throat> what game? Sorry about that, guys. So, what games would you want to play? Bo came back to us. Oh, wait, I forgot to ask. Uh, you got the typewriter ready to go? It's going right now. Oh, my bad. I couldn't hear it. You can't hear it? Uh, it's probably because my wife is vacuuming again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a teletype. <laughs> the teletype, not the typewriter. Okay, that's right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Oh, I hear it now. All right. So, Bo writes back. He says, you know, um, he he would play Council of Council Council of Verona, Love Letter, and a bunch of King of Tokyo, with the Power Up and Halloween Edition attached to it. Now, you know I've never you've got King of Tokyo, and I've never played that. Why? I don't know. You should play it just to see how it is. It's a fun little game. Yeah, I mean, it looks fun. I, I don't like the player elimination part of it, but I don't think it's that long. You know. It's not now, boy. If you're you're cooped up in a uh, someplace overnight, that's a lot of love letters you play. Yeah, well, we've played that one time and moved on for me. But anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, who you got next over there? I got Ted. Ted said that you know what? Where I am, it's like always eighty degrees. So we don't have a uh, lot of snowstorms. But he said, you know, if you uh, give me a tsunami or hurricane, then I got an answer for you. Okay, well, next time you have one, let us know what you played there, Ted. <laughs> next, I got, I got Chris, and he says 4X games, or as I like to call them here on the show, 4 buys. But anyway, um, any 4X game, I guess, Twilight Imperium, that would, I think, would constitute a blizzard. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be like the Atlanta situation. Exactly. Ooh. What? Oh, that should have, yeah. You know what was scary about the Atlanta situation? It reminded me of the the first Walking Dead, you know, episode. Did you not see the uh, the meme that came out? No, it was uh, it was the uh, it was the poster of uh, the sheriff riding into town on the horse, but it was like some sort of comment, <laughs> Atlanta snowstorm or something. That makes sense. Anyway, okay, who you got? All right, uh, next I've got uh, Mike R. who said I suggest a ticket to ride marathon, including all the expansions like USA, Europe, Switzerland, Nordic. India, Asia, and I thought that is a that's a pretty good idea. If you had all those different types of expansions, just play each one. That way, you get to see all the different maps. Learn a lot of geography that way. Yeah, but according to him, his family just kind of rolled their eyes at him and said, "Nah, I don't think so." It's cold and snowy outside. Well, you know, they do what he says. Uh, this is right. We'll go out and play in the snow. All right, so Mike M comes back with Rex Final Days of an Empire and then some Twilight Imperium. So he is in Blizzard situations. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's a good time. I mean, oh, yeah. you got a lot of time sitting around, so that's good. In fact, the next person, Mark K, said he agreed with him and said Rex, Twilight Imperium, but he would also want to throw in a Game of Thrones, the second edition, in there with it. Which I need to play. Mark is one of the one of our guys in our uh, local uh, game club, and they bring that game out a lot, and everybody loves it. But I've never had a chance to play it yet. Well, maybe when we get done with our Shadow Run or Shadow, what are we doing? Shadow Run, right? Yeah, Shadow Run. Shadow Run. Maybe um, we can we can get that one in there. But oh wait, we need a snowstorm for that. But yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, guys, don't get us wrong. The the four X games, I oh I would love to be able to play those games with my family but there's no way i'm actually jealous of you guys who get to play those games i really am <laughs> um dm mr jones mr jones here um he talks about an earthquake and when he got to play several games of risk i bet you could finish a risk legacy Ugh. risk risk but but you no know, the legacy we, we you and i both said we'd be interested in um um, Seafall? Yeah, the Seafall. Sea so he also said he played a lot of Resistance. And, um, well, dude, <laughs> <laughs> that would make me go the Shining on someone. <laughs> Let's keep playing Resistance. Here's Tony. <laughs> God, no. Uh-uh. 
Oh, um, he would also, and, and Alex and Todd talked about this. Um, Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, if I remember correctly, in their recent work. Just didn't they talk about that in the War College? No, no, um, study of emerald, study in emerald, study of emerald. That's it. And then if study in emerald, study in emerald, and then Dixit, Gloom, and Roy story cubes, all storytelling games. That would be kind of fun with the family, you know, to to break out the storytelling games. I agree right. with that. Yeah. What are you doing? And let's see. Do you hear something? Yes. What are you doing? My dog just walked in here. I thought the door was shut. Hey Zeke. So you hear the you hear the clicking on the uh, floor? Yeah. Oh, now now he's gone. Okay. Whatever. So I was trying to be quiet while he's here. Never mind. Anyway, all right. So sitting duck. If you're going for a time killer, there's the old reliable Arkham Horror. It's been said that the game is like a Lovecraft story that takes takes a long time to set up, which is true. And then he also says, but you know, if the um, if the uh, power's out. And uh, you have a source of heat that doesn't require le- electricity. He recommends Killer Thriller from Time Out Diversions. So it's a beer and pretzels type RPG, which has like a, a horror, horror scenarios into it. So I hadn't heard of that. That sounded kind of interesting, too. But I definitely agree with that first one of, of Arkham Horror is another good one to set up. Because, hey, you know what? If you're in a snowstorm, you got a lot of time. So you got a lot of time to set it up and play through it. Uh, oh yeah or like you just found eldritch horror what took you what four hours to lose ah uh, yeah so so with it with eldritch horror kind of breaking from from this a little bit yeah we played that the other night and it was took us about four hours it really got to the point i was kind of ready for it to be over you know it's it's kind of one of those situations and arkham horror can be the same way where you just have that sense that there's no way we're going to win and you're just kind of ready to say just let's give up and move on but we didn't because we kept holding out hope for hope mm-hmm. and it just didn't work out. But anyway, no, that is definitely a good game to, to pull out Dinner Snowstorm. So that ends all of the uh, submissions that were made to us. So, Tony, what would you pull out during the snowstorm? Well, before I answer that, and the reason why we didn't go to our game club in order to get more answers <laughs> is because it snowed. <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, the night I was going to go to the game club and actually get some more answers, that was the night it snowed, so we didn't meet that night. Well, they met all eight of them, but um, it, they closed early, like eight o'clock or something. So, oh, that's funny. See, I told you, you were laughing at me about this topic. But anyway, all right. So, what would I, what what game would I pull out if I had the opportunity to do that? I would probably pull out um, the the co-ops, the the Robinson, the and the pandemic, and and try to. You know, keep ramping up the difficulty. Try to master those games. Those would be the games that I would bring out onto the table. How about you? Um, I definitely would. I've copied some people on this list. I would say Arkham Horror or an Eldritch Horror type thing as, as far as a co-op. But you know what? If we had that much time, I would pull out a 4X. I would do uh, an Eclipse type game. Or you know what? If it was like you and some of our old uh, gaming oh. buddies, Starcraft. Oh, I so want to play that now that I'm understand these things a lot better. Yeah, we need to play that again. But that took a long time to set up, and it was a long game. But I think that would be perfect for a winter, a whiteout storm. Right. And as long as the basement's got heat, man, there we go. Yeah. If not, we we'll turn the fire on. Uh, so our next at the table is already out there. It's a bonus at the table to get us prepared. Um, for the next show and that is you know what is a f- your favorite two-player game or a game that you enjoy playing with just two players i was waiting on a comment from you dude no comment about that okay no All right. so keep going. Uh, i'll keep going so go ahead out there we're already getting some responses on that keep filling that up for us and um so that's it for at the table So this is going to be the wrap up for episode 32. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Now that song's going to be stuck on my head. So I really appreciate that. You're more than welcome. I'm always happy to add to your culture. (laughs) My culture. Yeah. (laughs) I won't even get started on that. So anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's see that song. I didn't think was too bad. I thought that was, that was one of the early ones. It was a decent, it was the one that got ran into the ground. The, I still haven't found one looking for. It was the streets have no, no no, no, no name. It was a move on dude. Move on. Get let it. We own, I own some YouTube. So move on. How about some UB 40? 
I don't. I, I, red, red wine. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so now uh, see, I've just totally lost my train of thought. Safety we dance. Can just restart this segment. No, no I'm not going. Oh, to, uh, who sang that? I don't remember. Do the safety dance. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I know. Men without hats. All right. So one thing we wanted to uh, bring up, as I noticed today on uh, Board Game Geek, is they just announced their Golden Geek Awards for 2013. And if you have any interest in voting for those, you can go out. I think it's um, the voting ends on February 17th. There have been a lot of great uh, games uh, nominated, including some favorites of mine and Tony's, such as like Gravwell. See it right there? My, uh, my finger is above the button right there. The Duke, uh, the Pathfinder game. Well, it, it's a lot of the ones you would think that would be there. So I'm really uh, curious to see how the voting comes out this year. So if you're interested in seeing what was nominated or want to vote, go out there. And it's, again, it's the Golden Geek Awards at uh, Board Game Geek. What, what the heck? Board Game, Card Game. Where's Netrunner? Uh, was, that, was it just stuff released last year? Well, they got Star Wars Living Card Maybe Game on just here. Game. Star Wars The Card Game. Oh, Robinson Crusoe. Uh, then I have, then I have no idea what the criteria was. I, <laughs> I did see Star Wars the card game, and I was kind of surprised because that that has come and gone around our area. Yes, it has. You remember, there there were some people that were really trying to push that and got get into it, and they've dropped it. And I actually talked to our local store owner, and they said nobody's playing that game around here anymore. What up with this? Okay, what? fine. No Netrunner. I'm sitting here going through it. So anyway, uh, it's a, I mean, you got Mice <laughs> and Mystics on here. As a two-player game? No, as, a, as just a thematic. I'm going through, you know, it's it only this year. Okay, this is, no, flip. Uh, uh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thanks and good night. Good night. That's I'm, a, going to, I'm going to bed mad now. That's the way. I'm going to have to go load up Left for Dead and kill some zombies or something. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, BGG, go out there, make vote for anything. Um, if, if you, you know, even though it's, I'm already calling it set up rigged, whatever. Um, but that's okay. And um, also, while you're there, if there's a game on this list that you think that possibly you think I should own so that I can get off this net runner thing. Just let me know. Just be sure to go out to the forums and, and how would you spend if you have $40 and don't say, just send me the $40 and I'll buy it for you. That what doesn't count either. Tell me how you want me to spend the $40. Okay. Anything else? I'm, re- I'm really interested to see what people say. Yeah, I am too. This, this, this should be fun. Um, what else we got? Anything else, Marty? Is at the end of um, thirty-two here. You know, it's been kind of, it, it it's been kind of, just it's a it's a dry spell yeah. right now, right? As far, as far as games, I mean, there's games sprinkled here and there, but but think about it. What's going to start happening now in the next couple months is that we start entering the Origins Gen Con season. Mm. You'll start getting all this news of stuff that's going to be released. Then, oh well, I know uh, it's not a board game, but a big deal this past week was the 40th anniversary of D and D, which is a pretty big that deal. That is big. That's huge. Um, and I know a lot of people have been really excited about that. And I really hate I'm going to miss Gen Con because you know D&D will have a huge presence this year. It's not that I play a lot of D&D, but I just, I just appreciate what that game has done for the industry. And I bet they're going to have a big blowout this Gen Con for the 40th anniversary. Oh, yeah. I, I, I agree with you there. That's, that is pretty neat. I hate I'm going to miss Gen Con Origins next year. Next year. Next year. Next year, we're doing it all. That's it. We're going to hit them all. PrezCon, GnomeCon, Mace. BGGCon. BGGCon. Here we come. Load up the Partridge van. We're our bus. We're on the way. And like we said the other day, I haven't said this to Vanessa yet, but I really like the idea for our big 5 mm-hmm. Essen. Oh, <laughs> I hear you. That's, we got so we got several years to prepare for that, but I think you know uh, that'd be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool, and, and just for everybody, you know, Marty and I both our birthdays are within nine days of each other, and they are occurring right about this time. So we were sitting there. So what are we going to do in three years for fifty? I did see where um, Robert Burke posted something under the, uh, one of his updates about, and I showed this to Donna. This Paros Island board gaming thing. Um, where, oh God, the guy's name escaped me. 
I won't say it's not like Hercules, but it's Icolese or something like that. I kept hearing it, and now I screwed it up. But Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> nutty Professor. Anyway, um, not Nutty. Yeah, it's Nutty Professor. What was that one? Yeah, it was Nutty, it was nutty professor, professor. That was. Um, but anyway, he has this thing where they rent this villa out for board gamers to come and play. And, you know, Greece is is just bouncing with games all over the place over there. And you can go hiking, lay on the beaches. It sounded really neat. Come back from your vacation and just play board games with everybody because they rented all. That's pretty cool. It, it was. It sounded really neat. It's in Greece. Um, I, if, if I had the um, funds, $40 ain't going to get me there. But um, it'd be kind of neat to to do something like that. That would, that would be fun. Yeah, that's that's cool. I know that uh, here there's a uh, a group that runs Mace. I know that last year they did a a cruise, a Mace cruise, where they got a bunch of people to go on the cruise and play board games. But that was just a real small group. It'd be interesting to have the whole island or whatever, like you said, set up just for that. Yeah, that would be too neat. All right, anything else? No, I'm 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 spent. Are you spent? Are you done? I am I am done. I'm sure people are saying we're done of you too. And you know, if I had kept my mic silent, it would have been over in 30 minutes. Yeah, this would have gone a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With, with that said, so if you would, keep rolling dice. And taking names. Yes, I, I come in uh, speaking into microphone. Yes, this is, this is what they pay me for. Okay. All right. Rolling dice and taking names. It's found on Twitter at Dice and Names. And the website is RollDiceTakeNames.com. There is also a guild on Board Game Geek and a subscription on iTunes. Also, make sure to watch Olympics, Sochi, Russia. Very good. Gold medals everywhere. Yes, except Poland. What is that? We're vacuuming again. What'd they do? Throw cookie dough all over the kitchen? <laughs> God. Do you want to stop?